...perspective from the concrete parapet seemed to detonate inside Robert Maitland's skull. During the few seconds before his crash, he clutched at the whiplashing spokes of the steering wheel, dazed by the impact of the chromium window pillar against his head. The car veered from side to side across the empty traffic lanes, jerking his hands like a puppet's. The shredding tyre laid a black diagonal stroke across the white marker lines that followed the long curve of the motorway embankment. Out of control, the car burst through the palisade of pinewood trestles that formed a temporary barrier along the edge of the road. Leaving the hard shoulder, the car plunged down the grass slope of the embankment. Thirty yards ahead, it came to a halt against the rusting chassis of an overturned taxi. Barely injured by this violent tangent that had grazed his life, Robert Maitland lay across his steering wheel, his jacket and trousers studded with windshield fragments like a suit of lights. In these first minutes, as he recovered, Robert Maitland could remember little more of the crash than the sound of the exploding tyre, the swerving sunlight as the car emerged from the tunnel of an overpass and the shattered windshield stinging his face. The sequence of violent events, only microseconds in duration, had opened and closed behind him like a vent of hell. My God! Maitland listened to himself, recognising the faint whisper. His hand still rested on the cracked spokes of the steering wheel, fingers splayed out nervelessly as if they had been dissected. He pressed his palms against the rim of the wheel and pushed himself upright. The car had come to rest on sloping ground, surrounded by nettles and wild grass that grew waist-high outside the windows. Steam hissed and spurted from the crushed radiator of the car, spitting out drops of rusty water. A hollow roaring sounded from the engine, a mechanical death rattle. Maitland stared into the steering well below the instrument panel, aware of the awkward posture of his legs. His feet lay among the pedals as if they'd been hurriedly propped there by the mysterious demolition squad which had arranged the accident. He moved his legs, reassured as they took up their usual position on either side of the steering column. The pedal pressure responded to the balls of his feet. Maitland ignored the grass and the motorway outside, and began a careful inventory of his body. He tested his thighs and abdomen, brushed the fragments of windshield glass from his jacket, and pressed his ribcage, exploring the bones for any sign of fracture. In the driving mirror he examined his head. A triangular bruise like the blade of a trowel marked his right temple. His forehead was covered with flecks of dirt and oil, carried into the car by the breaking windshield. Maitland squeezed his face, trying to massage some expression into the pallid skin and musculature. His heavy jaw and hard cheeks were drained of all blood. The eyes staring back at him from the mirror were blank and unresponsive, as if he were looking at a psychotic twin brother. Why had he driven so fast? He'd left his office in Marylebone at three o'clock, intending to avoid the rush hour traffic, and had ample time to cruise along in safety. He remembered swerving into the central drum of the Westway interchange and pressing on towards the tunnel of the overpass. He could still hear the tyres as they beat along the concrete verge, boiling off a slipstream of dust and cigarette packets. As the car emerged from the vault of the tunnel, the April sunlight had rainbowed across the windshield, momentarily blinding him. His seatbelt, rarely worn, hung from its pinion by his shoulder. As Maitland frankly recognised, he invariably drove well above the speed limit. 
Once inside a car, some rogue gene, a strain of rashness, overran the rest of his usually cautious and clear-minded character. Today, speeding along the motorway when he was already tired after a three-day conference, preoccupied by the slight duplicity involved in seeing his wife so soon after a week spent with Helen Fairfax, he'd almost willfully devised the crash, perhaps as some bizarre kind of rationalization. Shaking his head at himself, Maitland knocked out the last of the windshield with his hand. In front of him was the rusting chassis of the overturned taxi into which the Jaguar had slammed. Half hidden by the nettles, several other wrecks lay nearby, stripped of their tires and chromium trim, rusty doors leaning open. Maitland stepped from the Jaguar and stood in the waist-high grass. As he steadied himself against the roof, the hot cellulose stung his hand. Shielded by the high embankment, the still air was heated by the afternoon sun. A few cars moved along the motorway, their roofs visible above the balustrade. A line of deep ruts.